You have found Behind the Lines presented by BetMGM for week 13 in the National Football League. My name is Steven Andrus, managing editor at thelines.com. Joined each and every week on this show by Christian Cipollini, trading manager over at BetMGM. In this episode, we will look back at the week that was betting in the National Football League in Week 12, the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We will also look ahead to the early week spreads and totals at BetMGM for Week 13. I will share any early week bets I have already put into my BetMGM account. And in this episode, we'll also wrap up with a look at the latest in NFL MVP odds. Is Jalen Hurts a vulnerable favorite or not? First of all, Christian, how are you? How did the Thanksgiving and the first Black Friday game treat you both personally and professionally? Personally, it was okay. Professionally, very, very, very bad. It was an absolute bloodbath of a weekend. Uh, favorites ended up going 12-4, and four, which is awful for the book. Uh, one of the worst weekends we've had so far, so definitely the worst of the year. All right, well, I think that's like only three weeks that the public has won this year, <laughs> so it's not you know the worst thing in the world for you guys overall no, for no. the season, right? No, but this was one where we, we really didn't get many results going our way. And I assume you started out pretty optimistic after the Lions lost that first game. I assume that was actually a pretty big public loss. That was one of the few, yeah. That Lions game, we were thinking, okay. Uh, early on in that uh, Commanders-Dallas game, it was a close game. So we were thinking, okay, this is going to be the start of a good week. And then really went downhill from there. That Dallas game was bad. The 49ers game right after that, just as bad. And then into Friday, we weren't getting anybody betting the Jets this week. So that Dolphins game also, not a good one. Four primetime games, three of them didn't go our way. I would I would like to just not talk about the Monday night football game whatsoever because that was, you know, like my eyes are bleeding after having to watch that performance from those two offenses. But I'll at least ask the question of the Sunday and the Monday night games. You know, what were the notable public wins since it was a big public week? Yeah, for the public, um, you know, most of them, pretty much every team that covered, <laughs> I'll say the biggest one, the biggest swing that we had was that Eagles game where uh, the Eagles ended up winning and then cover, or at least at you know pushing or covering, depending on where you got it at. Um, that that was a massive swing uh, for the book. We were you know super heavy on the Eagles. It looked like we were gonna at least get one of our, the results our way. Uh, a lot of parlays ended up hitting off the back of that one, so that was you know that one was tough for us the way it went because certainly could have went the Bills way. Anything of note, I know it was, it was a lot of public winning in Week 12. Anything of note that, that was a headline public loss? Uh, yeah, last night. Last night was uh, the only one, really. Uh, last night in the Lions game, those were really the only two of the week. Last night was great for the book. Actually, was a pretty good winner. Uh, the dog winning and then almost no scoring is pretty ideal. Uh, so it was nice to get one back. But all in all, that didn't help. That didn't turn it in from a losing weekend to a winning one. It was still a losing weekend. I don't know what that game plan was from Luke Getze for Justin Fields and that Bears offense. It was almost like we're going to throw a screen pass almost every play, and then right at the end of the game, when they least expect it, we're going to throw one down the field to set up the game-winning field goal. Like That was, that was a brutal watch. I never want to watch an offense like that again. It was horrendously bad. 
And I don't know what to think of Justin Fields after that game. I don't know how you can evaluate. Like, if the point is to evaluate, I'm going like sports talk radio here, not Christian. I'm sorry. But if the point is to evaluate Justin Fields to figure out if he's your quarterback of the future, how the hell is that going to help you do that? Or maybe they already know that he's not the quarterback of the future. I don't know. It was just a big no thank you from me for that for the rest of the season. <laughs> let's move on, Christian. All right, let's look at the uh, the early week spreads and totals over at BetMGM for week number 13. And unlike most weeks where the Thursday night game is, you know, two teams on short rest with these teams playing on Thanksgiving, we actually have full rest between the Seahawks and the Cowboys this one in Dallas. Where are we sitting on this one? Yeah, Dallas, though, is still a pretty big favorite. Nine and a half point favorites right now for us at home with a 46 point total. And this has moved with, with some Dallas money early in the week, too, hasn't it? This was shorter than the nine and a half when we when you opened on Sunday night. Yeah, a little bit off of Dallas looking good and then off of uh, Seattle looking awful against the 49ers. When you look at this spread, how close are we to the ceiling of where the Cowboys have been rated so far this season, because this seems very expensive against what most people would have as an above average team in the NFL still. Yeah. This probably is the, the breaking point of it, but it's tends to be, that's kind of how they seem to close out games is if they have a lead, they continue to to push and, and beat people down. So probably more so off of, you know, results base of how they've beaten teams. And then, you know, on the flip side, Seattle hasn't, hasn't looked as good either. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Seattle has shown that a complete inability to punch above its weight class across two seasons now for them. And, and to me, like, it's an exercise of, you know, what's the state of the league? Because on paper you can rank teams and say, well, Dallas is a top five team, but the Seahawks are a top 12, 13 team. Should it, should that be a nine and a half point spread to me the question is the haves and the have nots in the nfl i mean the the elites to me are so powerful and so far ahead of some of these other teams that the gap is wider even though they're maybe only technically one tier down on your piece of paper so um, don't just be careful for all the the novice betters out there rushing to the window to take what you feel is an above average team to cover a big spread like this, now, maybe it's the right side. I don't know. I haven't bet the game. But I'm just saying don't be quick to assume just because the Cowboys are playing another above-average team that that above-average team is actually a great team. It, it, that's not the case this year, in my opinion. I think there's a big gap between the top five and then you know maybe a couple others at six and seven after that. You know, I think some years you might even just call them average team. I, I think Seattle and a lot of other years, Christian, would just be an average team, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They definitely would. I mean, they probably are considered an average team. Their record and they're probably going to make the playoffs just based off of the rest of the division or the rest of the conference, really. Yeah. I mean, just, just the state of the conference, state of football, just because we have them ranked in the top 15 doesn't mean that they're actually an above average team. Um, just keep that in mind. Okay, let's move forward here to the Sunday slate for Week 13. And uh, decent little slate here for Red Zone Christian. Let's start us off here. What do you have for uh, early week spreads and totals? Yeah, Colts-Titans. Colts are two-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 43-point total. Chargers at Patriots. Chargers are six-point road favorites with a 40-and-a-half-point total. Lions at the Saints. Saints are, or Lions are four-point road favorites with a 46-point total. More road favorites, Falcons-Jets. Falcons are two-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 34-point total. 
Cardinals Steelers. Steelers are five and a half point favorites at home here with a 40 point total. Dolphins Commanders, one of the highest totals of the weekend. Dolphins are nine and a half point road favorites with a 50 and a half point total. And then last of the one o'clocks is Broncos Texans, where Texans are three and a half point home favorites and a 46 and a half point total. Okay, Broncos plus three and a half is an early week bet for me. Uh, just looking at consensus market ratings the past few weeks, I can't get to three and a half at home for Houston in this game unless you're giving a full three points for home field advantage, which I'm not for Houston. So um, that that's just where I'm at with it. I I think the market has been a little bit slow to react to this winning streak for the Broncos. I don't think they're an amazing team, but you know, short of a five-point win against the Cardinals, we also really haven't seen the Texans blow anybody out or win by large margins here. So I like the Texans. I have bets on them for futures to make the playoffs, but um, I I think this is potentially one of the toughest defenses that C.J. Stroud is going to have to face here with their ability to turn the ball over. And if you just if you watch Broncos games. <laughs> they're unforgiving. Like they will hit the hell out of you on some of these plays and make you uncomfortable offensively. So um, that, that that's an early week bet for me, really just a number play. I haven't really dug into the matchup yet. We'll talk more about that on the Megapod on Friday. For those of you who may be running to the window to, to fade the Lions after Thanksgiving, their meltdown there and seeing that they're a big favorite again, this time on the road in the Superdome, just understand injuries are playing a factor here. We have uh, bulk injuries at the wide receiver position for the Saints. Chris Olave might not play. Rashid Shahid looks like he's not going to play. Michael Thomas is already on IR. I don't know who's playing wide receiver for the Saints this week. Lynn Bowden Jr. is apparently a thing again. So, uh, you know, just, just a really tough situation for Derek Carr in the passing game there for New Orleans. And the last one I'll mention, I have another early week bet in this window. It's the over in the Colts and Titans game sitting at 43, I believe you said, Christian. Yeah. And that to me is is pretty low for what the Colts have been doing most weeks here with Shane Steichen. I think this guy is a sharp coach. I think he's a great offensive mind, great play caller. We saw that from the Eagles last year and their early season struggles to be consistent offensively. And if you look at the first matchup between these two teams, the Colts and the Titans, Yes, the final score was only 39 total points, but a lot of really bad luck for that to not get into the mid-40s. The Titans in that game, with Ryan Tannehill granted at quarterback, it's now probably going to be Will Levis, but six yards per play in that one. The Colts had seven yards per play offensively in that game against the Titans, despite the fact that they lost Anthony Richardson in the middle of that game and had Gardner Minshew come off the bench and play. The red zone inefficiency in that game is what kept this under. One for four for the Titans, one for five in the red zone for the Colts. Uh, that's not a reason for me to not go back and bet the over in this one. So I'm, I'm betting on some positive regression here with the scoring. So I will take the Colts and the Titans over 43 this week. Okay, Christian, now the uh, late afternoon window on Sunday, if you will, please. Panthers at Bucks. Bucks are five and a half point home favorites with a 37 and a half point total. Browns Ravens Browns Rams Rams are four and a half point home favorites with a 39 and a half point total and then 49ers Eagles where 49ers are two and a half point road favorites with a 46 and a half point total all right the game of the week the 49ers and the Eagles here and you know we were talking off air here before we started but let's talk about it let's bring the viewers in on this in, in your opinion of this this movement surprised you right because on the look ahead here we had the Eagles as small favorites and 
you know, what is your opinion of what this spread would be? And, and obviously the market has disagreed with you and your team, at least in the early week here. Yeah, we had them. We had them about there, one and a half, two point favorites. Uh, but yeah, the market's gone completely the other way, all the way up to two and a half, and even at three at some points. Uh, I, you know, don't really see it. I know I'm also an Eagles fan. I got maybe a little bias uh, going on me, but uh, I know that they statistically aren't going to win all of their games in this stretch. So you know, this might be the one. This might be the one they drop. Uh, but the line to me is uh, is definitely interesting uh, to to see where the market the rest of the market puts them at. Um, I had this much closer uh, than than two and a half point road favorites for the 49ers. This is just me hypothesizing a little bit of, of what's going on here, but um, you know sometimes the spot is something that betters care about a lot. And the Eagles, this is a tough spot. They're coming off two really tough games against the chiefs on the road. And then a cold rainy game against Buffalo that went to overtime defense was on the field for a lot of plays in both of those games. And now you're facing a Niners team that gets extra rest. They played Thanksgiving. So they're getting extra rest for this game. And they came out of that game against Seattle fairly clean. Um, but this line now, Christian, if we take away home field advantage, this is implying that on a neutral field, the Eagles would be four and a half, five point underdogs to the 49ers. Is that a fair assessment of, of what's going on here if we strip home field out? Yeah, that's usually what it says here. So that's, again, why I you know find this line to be interesting uh, and you know didn't line up with what I saw. Uh, because I would, we, you know, for futures book and everything out, we have these two teams pegged pretty similar, pretty close. Um, I know we'll get a lot of info here. If they do meet in the NFC Championship, I, I wouldn't think it's the same line. But you're right, maybe it, some of it's the spot. 49ers with rest. Eagles got a couple players banged up. I know Lane Johnson still has uh, got some question marks if he's going to end up playing this week. He's usually pretty significant. Um, so yeah, a lot of those factors, I guess, are adding up. Um, interesting. Absolutely. And one last note I'll add here is I've been tracking the consensus market ratings all season long. Uh, Ben B. Baldwin on Twitter does a great job of posting those every week. It's a nice little resource for betters out there to just keep an eye on how teams are moving up and down rankings and ratings each week. At no point in those consensus ratings have the Eagles been five points worse than the 49ers on a neutral field or even four and a half points worse than the Niners on a neutral field. So First of all, that. Second of all, we are dealing with under three points both ways here. I mean, it has touched three a couple times. So whether the Niners are a two-and-a-half-point favorite or a, all the way to a two-and-a-half-point dog, we're, it's still in most games in NFL history, you're just picking the winner at that point. So th these aren't exactly the most meaningful numbers in most cases. So that's potentially what's going on here as well it does give you the opportunity to tease the eagles as a home dog at this point if you're interested in that i'm considering it i haven't put a bet in on this game i'll talk more about what i see in the matchups here full disclosure i am a 49ers fan and i did not run to the window to bet on this game because there's a couple of matchup issues in the trenches that i have my eye on that i'm at least a little bit concerned about going into this I'll talk more about that on the megapod on friday Christian, let's wrap up here uh, before we talk a little NFL MVP with the primetime games, Sunday night football and Monday night football for week 13. Yeah, Chiefs Packers. Chiefs are six and a half point <clears throat> road favorites with a 42 point total. And then Bengals Jaguars on Monday night where Jaguars are eight and a half point home favorites 
the 38 and a half point total. Little love for the Packers here early in the week. I, I believe this was seven across the board here. Uh, you know, when we opened up on Monday. Yeah, I think kind of similar to what we talked to last week where the Chiefs are on the road is a big uh, favorite, and typically that hasn't worked out in their favor. Obviously, it worked out last week. Um, probably a little bit of that. Um, and the Packers looked a little bit better. Maybe that's um, you know where some of the, the bets are coming from that kept it off the seven. A lot of times, sometimes early in the week when there is just a, a number that is the key number, a three, a seven, sometimes we just start taking bets there because you know they have that seven number. And um so, yeah, that sometimes is where it comes from. Jordan Love's won three of his past four games, uh, albeit against defenses that are, in my opinion, nowhere near the class of what the Chiefs are going to present to him this week. The, the four games over the past month, the Rams defense, the Steelers, the Chargers, and a very banged-up Lions defense. So this is by far the toughest test in that stretch that Jordan Love will have to face. Uh, it's still a lot of points, though. The Chiefs typically, you know, I know they came back and won by – couple of touchdowns last week against the Raiders after spotting them 14 points but for the most part this season that has not been the case for the Chiefs they've been you know a little stuck in the mud at times against you know average to above average defenses so I'm very curious to see how this one plays out if if Kansas City is all the way back and and takes care of business and covers a big number like this and I, I don't know what to say about the Bengals at this point they're they're dead in the water. Um, if, if this is going to hover around teaser range, less than nine, I'm very happy to tease the, the Jaguars here uh, down. Uh, this doesn't help anybody now. I did tease the Jaguars with the Cowboys earlier in the week. Right now, I think the Jags are by far my favorite teaser leg of week 13. You just got to try and find a dance partner for them at this point. And it's never the Titans at two and a half with Will Levis. I think it's just a lot of volatility there. Uh, some of these other favorites don't really want to tease the Chargers with how bad that offense looks. I think the Eagles might be the best option here for the other teaser leg. So I haven't put it in the account myself yet, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about adding another one here with the Jaguars. So just something that for everybody to think about. Christian, let's wrap up here with the NFL MVP conversation. Something interesting happened at BetMGM this week with this market. After the big Eagles win against the Buffalo Bills, you guys reposted MVP odds, and you had one of the best prices in the market at 2-1 to one on Jalen Hurts as the favorite, and that now is down to plus 140. So it seems like you guys are in agreement that uh, his odds of winning MVP are a little bit better than 2-1 to one at this point after what he has left in front of him. Yeah, the MVP is is kind of a weird award because winning is is a big factor into it. So that... That really what puts Jalen there. But if his record was something different, he wouldn't be the MVP favorite at the moment. Um, he has the stats enough to to be where he is, but uh, it just it just ends up being really really weird. Um, where certain people that maybe should have a chance, like we've talked about position players in the past, they kind of never really have a chance, and it kind of usually tends to be the quarterback who more often than not ends up being you know the one seed in one of the conferences. So that's how you end up with Hurts and Mahomes as the two favorites with Lamar in there. And um, yeah, so, so that's where it's sitting right now at 10 and one, two, two game lead over every other team. Still a couple big games to go. I mean, they're dogs this week, so could still move a bit, but that's, that's where it tends to sit. Yeah. My, my opinion of where this market is, he's the rightful favorite. And now that they've won two of those really tough games, they have 
the Niners this week, even if they lose to the Niners, still have the Cowboys game. Even if they lose to the Cowboys, Dak's going to get closer to him. But right now, they're still two games away from catching the Eagles. And chances are they're both going to be, if that happens, 5-1 and one in the division. And then it goes the conference record. In this scenario, the Eagles only have one conference loss at that point. Uh, two, well, I guess two conference losses to the Cowboys and the 49ers. 49ers. Now, the Cowboys right now in this scenario, if they keep winning, their conference losses this year, they lost to the Arizona Cardinals, and they've already lost to the San Francisco 49ers, and they already have another loss to the Eagles. So the Eagles, if they do wind up losing back-to-back and get tied with the Cowboys here, still have the third tiebreaker over the Cowboys to win the NFC East. If Jalen Hurts wins the division, I have a hard time seeing him not winning MVP. And after this stretch of games for Jalen Hurts, he finishes the season with three cupcakes where they're going to be maybe two touchdown favorites over those teams. So the road is narrowing for Jalen Hurts to lose this award, barring an injury, in my opinion. I agree with you with the yard stats. They're not there with some of the other you know, elite passers that we're used to seeing. Like, and if you look at touchdowns, you know, the darling of the analytics community, Josh Allen has four more total touchdowns than Jalen hurts, but he's six and six. He's not going to win this award. I'm sorry. That's just not how some of these voters for this award function, whether you, you can scream it into Twitter all you want. It's the voters who pick this award, not the analytics community. So if Josh Allen's going to be barely over 500, maybe miss the playoffs, he's just not going to win MVP. It's a marriage of stats and record. If you take away Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts has the most touchdowns of any other quarterback in the league by four right now over Dak Prescott. He has 29 total touchdowns with all the rushing touchdowns he has. Dak Prescott has 25 total touchdowns. I just have a hard I I have a Dak Prescott 40 to 1 ticket. I think it's he might just rise to the second choice and not win. I think that's kind of what we're looking at here. Um Christian, I'll ask you the question. Do you think Jalen Hurts is going to lose this award? First of all, let me ask that. The next two weeks will will determine the whole thing because if the Eagles go one and one here, more likely than not, it's going to be his award because of that those three-game stretch at the end. I know the Cowboys still have a pretty decent schedule coming up. I believe they play the Chiefs and the Bills also coming up. Yeah, um, and the so, Dolphins. Yeah, and the Dolphins. So, so they're going to have some tough games. Obviously, if Dak goes and plays well in those games and they come out on top and win um you know he's he's gonna shoot up that board too but again a lot of it is on how the voters vote and they do take winning wins and being the best team in the league into that so if the eagles end up with that one seed probably depends on who they beat if they beat the cowboys that probably propels them into a better spot if they lose to the cowboys and the cowboys win some of those games Dak will have a much better chance same on the flip side, if you know Mahomes starts going off and, and they don't lose anything the rest of the way and they get the one seed, you know he'll be right back in it too. But then you can even talk about Lamar. So I, <laughs> do I think he will? Probably just because of that end end of the year stretch. I I, I think they'll end up. His stats point, are seems, so far behind too, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like they'll probably end up with that one seed. So that's I think I think the one seed will end up being you know end up being the deciding factor in the end, which I I think will end up being the Eagles. Quick fact check on both of us. Cowboys don't have the Chiefs on the schedule, but they have Seattle, Philadelphia, at Buffalo, at Miami, home against Detroit before finishing up against Washington. So still very tough stretch there. So hypothetically, Christian, last question for you. If Jalen Hurts 
somehow doesn't win this award, who do you think does? Whoever is the one seed in the AFC. So that at this point would be between Lamar and, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I guess if the Jags win it, I, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence would have enough to, to get there. Maybe he would start to jump into that conversation. Um, but I tend to stick with who's the one seed that ends up getting it. Yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, to be honest with you. I, I, I asked you that. It's a good answer. You're, you're right. I agree with you. But also, I think that's a very small probability at this point, even if the Eagles lose the next two games. Yeah. He could still ball out, and, and the stats will carry him to the finish line, potentially as a 14-3 and record. So um, that's where I'm at on it. That's where Christian's at. Hopefully that was helpful for everybody because it is absolutely one of the most fascinating MVP races we've seen, maybe since Matt Ryan when he you know won it on his efficiency. Uh, when when they eventually went to the Super Bowl and and we won't finish that sentence, Falcons fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks everybody for watching. We appreciate it. I uh, hope it was helpful for you. Let us know in the comments what you're betting this week. Any questions you might have for Christian, we can uh, fire off those questions back at him on next week's show. So leave them down in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. And thank you so much. Best of luck with your bets for Christian Cipollini. I'm Stephen Andrus. This has been. Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM.